Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now. But I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies podcast, the celebration of genre cinema. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 436 of the Really Awful Movies podcast, Primal Rage. Now, the horror world that we inhabit is so friggin' nuts. I I believe this could be the fourth or fifth Rage titled horror film that I've ever seen. The others being, well, I don't know if I can even name them, but Blood Rage, if I'm not mistaken, might have been a Thanksgiving horror involving some sort of I think a, a twin who stabs his brother. Or, I, I, the details are a little a little hazy. But there's also The Rage, which is about, of all things, predatory vultures, which is weird because vultures eat carrion. So that, that was another crazy flick. Well, Primal Rage is one of these something untoward escapes from a lab type movies. No China jokes here, folks. Uh, this is a subset of horror that can be bifurcated into two, there's, on the one hand, you have something that causes an animal to go nuts and escape. And the, in the other scenario, which a primal rage involves, is an animal that transmits something to a human. So a zoomorphological or zoological, zootropic transmission, whatever it's called. I can't tell, but these are all very, very fun. And as someone who, uh, who uh, worked in a lab in university... I really appreciate uh, this kind of conceit and uh, also as someone who really appreciates and really sinks their teeth into body horror, it's something I really like as well. You've got to love mad scientists. You've got to love animals run amok in whatever capacity. This is a style of film I really love. And this, is, this one is from the late 80s and it follows the template that uh, David Cronenberg uh, established in Rabid, where you have something happening in a lab and then it uh, breaking out to uh, the broader community, if, if you will. And it's something maybe the likes of Outbreak would have explored. There's tons of movies that uh, occupy this milieu and it's super fun because you get to have your cake and eat it too. The cake in involving uh, animals run amok, which they do very briefly, but also... Uh, transmission to humans and they're running amok too and so this one is super fun with the added bonus do tell of the big hulking swede bo svensson wandering into the proceedings and just making everything instantly better by his presence obviously svensson he was in kill bill 2 uh, walking tall he's unmistakable he's so great Maybe here not so much with a mini ponytail looking utterly fatuous and silly and hilarious, but also in, uh, for fans of the Really Awful Movies podcast, a ridiculous uh, shaggy dog creature feature film from the late 70s that Jeff and I, when he was a co-host, had a lot of fun with called Snow Beast. And we uh, urge you to check out that one. I believe Svensson played a... A professional skier, if I'm not mistaken, which is quite ridiculous because the guy's about six foot six, and I think there's definitely a um, diminishing returns when it comes to height on the slope. Anyway, Primal Rage, what a super fun film, and it takes us to 
I believe Florida International University, some institute of higher education in the Sunshine State, and this is the 80s, you know, pumped up to the max, dialed up to 11 a la Spinal Tap. This is so 80s. There's a montage at the beginning with leotard dancing and a scooter driving around with a photographer taking photos of uh, chicks with teased hair and their butts and their glutes and gyrating and shaking and 80s pumped to the max, a cocaine-infused lunatic feature that uh, Jeff texted me and said he believes that Umberto Lenzi, the Italian uh, gut muncher director, actually, I, I believe, co-wrote this one. I haven't uh, checked that, but it would make a lot of sense because this one shares a lot stylistically with other Florida-lensed Italian horrors, maybe something like The Last Shark or maybe A Nightmare Beach or one of these things. Just a nutty, batshit mental movie that is just wild on all fronts. It, it reminds me a little bit of Shockma, but you could throw in something like uh, this kind of a more tongue-in-cheek, over-the-top version of A Monkey Shines, but there's others like uh, maybe the crazy cat film Uninvited or the Lance Henriksen crazy dog lab film Man's Best Friend. Uh, this one really crosses species boundaries, but uh, typically in one of these mad scientist lab type scenarios, what you have is uh, something from the Simeon family. So Dr. Etheridge is played by Bo Svensson, and he's working on a synthetic protein that is hopefully, in his eyes, going to ameliorate, I guess, uh, neurological disorders such as Alzheimer's, but he mentions a bunch of other ones as well, and he's hard at work and testing out this uh, protein on a monkey. The monkey, of course, goes, well, can we say apeshit, and uh, bites someone. And, and of course, well, with many of these movies, what you have to get the ball rolling is a bunch of um, typically animal rights activists who break into the lab. Not so with this. And this is another reason this warmed my heart, too, in addition to casting my uh, mind's eye back to being a lab assistant back in university days working in the neuroscience realm. But... My current role as a journalist, so it, it warms my heart here that we see a uh, journalist named Frank who uh, goes by his surname, which escapes me right now, but we have this campus, I guess he fancies himself a gonzo journalist, a la the likes of uh, Gay Talese or uh, Hunter S. Thompson or one of these characters, or like a Tom Wolfe or, or something. Uh, whose book, uh, uh, A Man in Full, is actually propping up my uh, microphone right now as a little aside. But yeah, it's funny, like the new journalism that was spawned in the 70s, in which uh, journalists put their imprimatur on stories rather than having a dispassionate kind of distanced uh, outlook on a particular one. It was something that really informs this character, and he throws himself into the proceedings and uh, sees himself as this Woodward and Bernstein of the, uh, you know, co-ed undergrad set. And he's, you know, writing for the paper and got this hard-bitten, hard-drinking, snarky attitude. And it's, it's, it's weird. When I, I think back to my own college J-school experience, uh, which I, I did after uh, undergrad in, in science, I didn't even write for the paper. I was so disenchanted and and uh, in, a, in a weird mind space that it almost shocks and surprises me that I'm, I'm a journalist today, like so many years later, because I did not have the aptitude for it. I did not 
have that ability to sniff out stories in the way I do now. And I was a way more passive personality. And it's it really it just I just fancied myself a decent writer. And that's what got through me through university. So I figured, well, writer, you either go into PR or you go into journalism. But this character here is so snarky and, and uh, so uh, caustic with his wit and it slams the jocks at, at the, this uh, Florida University, but also calls out some of the bimbos, I believe, or, or uh, hookers, in his words, of some of the uh, courtesanal, courtesan-like uh, babes and sorority babes who, whose existence... Uh, is you know uh, integral if you if 80s horror movies were to be believed to the undergrad experience and to the frat and and uh, Greek experience that a lot of uh, these movies really focused on and you could th throw in the likes of a Fatal Games there's so many movies that had well Sorority House Massacre so many that focused on campus horror as their reason for being well he he's the guy who's investigating all sorts of different stories one of which is the mysterious goings on at this dr etheridge's lab so he uh tries to conscript i guess his buddy who i believe might be his roommate as well and again the names escape me here but the other the other star of this film and uh, tries to uh, say hey listen let's just uh, bust in uh, no one will be the wiser and uh, see what we can dig around so he's not one to sit around and passively accept uh, press releases but he does digging in uh, in the journalistic sphere breaks into the lab uh, tries to take a photo of this uh, what looks like a quite a rabid um, monkey and uh, sees if he can get to the bottom of uh, dr etheridge's uh, research it looks i actually i think it's a baboon in this case so which is why i drew a parallel with the uh, slow burn and and fun in its own right horror film shakma so he goes a little too close to the cage as is par for the course and sure enough he gets bitten and whatever it was that afflicted this monkey whatever however it was reacting or creating antibodies to whatever protein it had well you know soon enough this poor journalist is uh, is uh, frothing at the mouth and uh, starts to develop these uh, welts and sores and open wounds and uh, I, I got to say the the practical effects in this one are actually quite quite good and quite spirited and uh, as is the cast of characters here so you have a, a brainiac a woman by the name of Debbie who shows up all her male engineering classmates with her amazing knowledge of uh, trigonometry and uh, a super interesting smart engaging character uh, with whom this journalist guy has a date and they hit it off so this is very character driven and it's just uh, it's funny how things have changed over the course of like 30 or 40 years from the fun and spirited freewheeling freewheeling uh, kegger type campuses to the more dour serious activist driven campuses we see today where you can't really imagine anyone having any kind of fun whatsoever without it running afoul of some sort of uh, bureaucratic uh, campus uh, guidelines but this one and, and this one is also way over the top too because the jocks are quite menacing in a way that seems unrealistic as well so rather than being guys who would crush cans against their foreheads and basically just uh, hurdle themselves down a flight of stairs with a mattress or do some sort of uh, ridiculous leap off the top of the frat house into a pool, they are really like gangsters and, uh, and bullies as well. And you'd think this is the kind of thing that would be out of your system by the time you're 18, 19, 20 years old or whatever the principles are. So 
you have this uh, group of characters and there's lots of weird references and we're going to segue into what we learned here too where this is kind of a smartly written if odd movie at times there's references to uh, and justice for all the al pacino vehicle and there's there's a um some uh, references to i think uh prominent journalists there's a uh, pop culture references galore in this thing and some of the characters are actually unabashedly smart which uh, kind of stands in stark uh, contraindication to some of the stupid silly moments in this film too where again these menacing ravenous sexually rapacious uh, jock frat guys are just on the prowl in their convertible just looking for victims it's a very very strange movie and uh again as it's par for the course with this kind of thing you have a uh mad scientist type character who's who doesn't want his research jeopardized and you have this funny scene again segueing into one we, what we've learned where a dean gives this researcher, played by Bo Svensson, 60 days to uh, come up with some, some uh, I guess, breakthrough in his research or the funding will be cut. I mean, that is really not how universities work. But I thought it was a pretty fun touch to have. How Like, why would the dean just give him a weird two-month timeline? No, it's just the funding has a one- to two-year, uh, you know, um, calendar. And if uh, the, the, the uh, people who uh, provide the, the funds don't uh, care for how the research is progressing, they just don't renew it. And then when you know, a fund application uh, or a grant application needs to be made, they just will ignore it going forward. It's so funny. There's so many just great moments too. Again, where you have this journalist uh, biting the Debbie character on the neck and other characters referencing what could or it really doesn't look like much of a hickey. And soon, however, Debbie is bit and starts behaving in a ravenous, rapacious manner as well, a la the Cronenberg film Rabid. And soon you have a bunch of bodies piling up in this university, and uh, soon the campus paper is going to have something a little more uh, meaty to report on rather than uh, some you know, shutting down of some uh, Halloween party or God knows what. As it, uh, it should be said, too, that this is a movie that takes place around Halloween, and it has a rather carnival... Um, I guess, uh, you know, uh, New Orleans style party that they're throwing that looks uh, super fun and um, it looks like something that you'd really, really want to attend if, uh, you know, if that is your thing. I mean, this is a kind of a spirited movie, really crazy, really over the top, really wild. The roommate of this uh, journalist character, who's also a journalist, uh, tearfully bemoans how he's gotten into university uh, through some sort of uh, scholarship, but now he doesn't really cover anything that's particularly meaningful. Well, sure enough, he finds himself at the center of a murder investigation and involving his, uh, his best friend as a suspect. So... Again, just a super fun, super wild movie on so many fronts, and uh, just a great uh, use of the um, of the scenescape too in this you know sort of seventies eighties style uh, modernist brutalist campus. A uh, cast of characters who comprise a, really a bunch of unknowns, and uh, you know whose uh, faces and headshots are all that uniform gray when you look them up on Amazon Prime. That's with the exception of obviously Bo Svensson, who's quite an icon in his own right. But I, I don't mind when you see that because the, the performances are actually quite game, despite the fact that these are soap opera nobodies in, lar in large part. But uh, it sort of adds to this uh, film's low budget kind of indie DIY 
punk rock uh, sensibility. I, I had a lot of fun with this one in a way that I really shouldn't have, but uh, for some reason it just keeps you on the edge of your toes. There's uh, so many neat set pieces. There's this clandestine lab. There's all sorts of uh, lunacy happening and all sorts of just uh, over the top, like the 80, 80s vomited out onto the screen. You're going to have fun with this one as well. It's, it's super hard to give this one a star rating because, I mean, my particular predilections and biases come to the forefront as someone who really loves animal attack, uh, you know, uh, viruses run rampant type movies. So I'm going to give this an extra star than what you might uh, realistically give it. But this is a batshit bonkers wild movie, again, in the style of an uninvited, although way wilder, I think. Man's Best Friend, all these types of just nut bar movies that are just so much fun to take in, especially now around Halloween in the fall is really the prime time and the best time to engage with uh, horror films of all stripes, really. Hope you enjoy the show. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.